Hello and welcome to another episode of the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host Richard McKenzie out of the greater Cincinnati area and we have been so for the past 18 years. So again, the greater Cincinnati area and this is the Successful Home Ownership Show. Today's episode, we are going to be discussing a 15-year-old house, and this house was architecturally a modified shotgun-style house, sort of like they had in New Orleans, except this one had brick and vinyl siding, obviously was a lot younger and 15 years old, and was on a corner lot, a little bit high up. Eh, not terribly high up, but it does have a little hill in front. And like a lot of those houses of that era in the 1940s when they were built, they had the trash pickup in the back, which means you have this nice area in front and then you have a street that goes behind all the houses and the driveways are there and the trash pickup gets, gets, gets picked up in the back. So that was like this one, except, of course, as I mentioned, this was 15 years old. This house, I will say, was very well built. And I made that clear to the buyers during the inspection, because when I asked them on a scale of 1 to 10, where their stress was, uh, the wife did mention a 10. And I said, oh, okay, so let's talk about that. What are your stressors? Well, we haven't bought a house in the past 23 years, And I'm just concerned about our current house selling and the inspection that it's going to have. And then we're buying this house. And so all those things. So I made it very clear during the inspection what things were doing very well as far as inspecting. And as far as the list of things that that turned out to be issues with the house, very common items with a 15-year-old house And there were a couple of nice surprises that were good surprises, so good things. So let's talk about what types of things with a 15-year-old house can go on. Well, we want to address, of course, what is the typical lifespan for some things? Big things, like the roof. Well, this roof was a 20-year three-tab fiberglass shingle, not an architectural uh, shingle, And the difference in the length of life of a typical three-tab fiberglass shingle and a dimensional shingle is about another five years longer. Meaning, for a three-tab roof, which this was, this roof was 15 years old, and the typical lifespan of such a roof is 20 years. For an architectural shingle, that would be about 25 years. Now, I will say that this was a very nice roof installation. And when I inspected both sides of the roof and on a shotgun style gable type roof house, you are going to have just the left side and the right side and it goes long and skinny to the back side of the house, etc. <clears throat> so, I found this shingle again to not have any curled up corners. I found some granules in the gutter And the amount of granules that washed off the roof were very comparable to what I would expect to see for 15 years. So on average, they've got about five years, four or five years left on the roof. 
Do we predict the future? No. And don't ins- don't expect your home inspector to tell you, well, how much life do you have left? Well, we could have a hailstorm or a straight-line windstorm the next day, so it's really hard to predict. But on average, we do know that this type of shingle typically lasts about 20 years. That, <clears throat> that being said also, they had the edge flashing that goes underneath the gutters and hangs off into the gutter to allow you to uh, direct the water into the gutter and try to protect it from typical ice damming and rot of the roof wooden decking. So that was also a nice thing to see on this house. So those were positives. On the vinyl siding, that all appeared to be pretty fine. I didn't have any problems with that. The current or previous homeowner, however, uh, he went a little crazy with that liquid insulation called Great Stuff and sealed some vinyl windows outside and it really drew more attention to the windows than needed to be. And then he proceeded to paint over it to try to match the vinyl and it just... It wasn't necessary, and it just shouldn't have been done at the first, <clears throat> on the first offset or onset of, of his temptation to mess with the windows. So some contractor can scrape that stuff off and, and make it look good again, but it just didn't need to be there on the three or four windows on the right-hand side of the house. Some concrete settlement had also happened to the sidewalk, the rear driveway, and the patio, And I think the same individual who was probably very mechanically inclined, as was noted from his workshop and other things about the house, but as far as like details and finishing work, no. Put down the paintbrush, you're really in over your head, stay in your lane, Um, just, just stop while you're behind. So the patching that he did on some of these cracks just really... You just keep piling up layer upon layer of concrete on top of the seam that you're already trying to fill. And all you need to do is fill the seam. That, that's it. Or maybe also in one, one area that the slab had settled a little lower than the other slab, you can get what's called slab jacking or concrete lifting where they drill a hole. And they meaning a qualified concrete contractor who does this work. And they inject um, quick uh, curing grout. And as the grout cures, it lifts that concrete up. And it's a several hundred dollar type of a repair, but it can re-level that concrete and then they fill the holes and everything looks, looks fine. So that's really what needs to happen here. There are also a couple of low spots on the left side where, where more soil could be added to increase the grade and help drainage. And one small criticism, when you have a beautiful house, the hedges in front of your house, when they grow really, really tall and they start to hide the house, why do you want to hide your beautiful house? Just just cut them down or pull them out. You have a beautiful house, don't hide it. Uh, that's just my personal opinion, but I, I think that, that these bushes certainly can be trimmed back a good bit and the beautiful house can be shown again. So that's just my opinion. And I'm not shy about expressing my opinions as my wife will attest. Neither here nor there. Next subject, all right. (laughs) Um, So let's move on. 
there was a radon test done at this house, which we did, and it came back at 6.7, which is above the 3.9 threshold, which does not require radon mitigation. Now, I say that with a caveat, with a qualifier. There was a radon reduction system installed in this house. How long ago, we don't know, but it looks like about 15 years and may have been put in with the original owner. However, it wasn't working. And we turned it on and off, still wasn't working. I checked the outlet to make sure that the sump pump was working. The sump pump was indeed working, so the outlet's working. The switch didn't turn it on and off. So the, the fan motor is probably dead on the radon reduction system. Therefore, that needs to be replaced by who? By a licensed radon mitigation company. So that's exactly what we put in the report. Back to a couple other little minor items outside. Um, the previous owner decided to glue down some carpet on the rear stairs, which is always, to me, kind of homely looking. Now, when you put concrete... When you have uh, carpet, whether it be AstroTurf or whatever, on top of concrete, what it does is it holds water in there and concrete will deteriorate over time if you keep uh, AstroTurf or, or any other objects on top of it. So you really need to take the carpet off and maybe sand it a little bit with a Dremel tool or something just, just to make the, the glue come off and, and it doesn't look bad. So. That's what we suggested um, for that repair. Another really goofy thing that this current homeowner did, which was really totally unnecessary. So if you're familiar with different types of fences, you have the metal fence, you have wooden fences, and then you have fences built with the PVC material that have the components and, and segments that snap together. And, and they look pretty good, they, they do. And looking up close to this one, I'm not really sure why the homeowner needed to fill the different joints where the connecting pieces um, meet with that same great stuff. And then it looks all puffy and stuff, and then he primed it and painted it, and it just looks unnecessarily goofy. So goofy being the technical term here, of course. There's goofy regular and goofy extra. Um... This was somewhere in between. And of course, I'm being trying to be funny. <laughs> at any rate, um, I'll laugh at my own jokes so you don't have to. Um, that being said, that can be scraped off with a razor blade and then touched up with some primer and, and paint. And, and quite honestly, if you have PVC material, just leave it alone or vinyl. You don't need to do anything with it. And when you try to paint that stuff, you draw more attention to it and it looks worse. So just leave, just put the paintbrush down and stop while you're, while you're behind. So, um, other things with this house, garage was fine. Uh, interesting. He put some pads on the sides of the walls to protect the walls from car doors and whatnot. Those were kind of extra things that he put up and the buyers were a little inquisitive. So what are those things for? What, what the heck is that? Well, sometimes homeowners do somewhat strange things and, and that was one of them, uh, protecting the walls from the car doors or maybe the car doors from the walls. I'm not sure which, maybe both. The garage door, if you look up close to some metal garage doors, you can see some of the uh, segments or uh, 
panels. They connect together and then they're hinged and the, the door rolls up kind of like a roll-top desk, uh, if you will. The um, This door did have a vertical wrinkle like somebody bumped it with a car or something that caused it to, to bend and therefore tear in some places, including the rigidity bar, which on the top of a garage door sometimes, especially with double garage doors like this one, you have what's called a metal rigidity bar, and that adds a lot more strength to the door and keeps it from teetering left or right in the two tracks. So some repair replacement on this garage door is going to be needed. It did operate fine several times up and down. It operated fine, but it does have that um, loss of integrity because of that crack. So that was surely noted in the inspection. Now I go back to what I said at the beginning about a 15-year-old house. What are the things with a 15-year-old house that you need to watch for, those big things? We covered the roof. We've already talked about that. The uh, basement did have a few hairline vertical or diagonal cracks injected with epoxy, and those are a good repair. And you also want to make sure if you see repairs like that, you're testing the basement walls with the moisture meter to make sure there's no existing extra hydrostatic pressure pushing on those walls. Well, there was not because the moisture meters tested about 8 or 10%, which really, in all circumstances, is a pretty darn dry wall, which means your soil is not retaining a whole lot of moisture in this area and pushing on the wall. So those cracks maybe didn't even need to be injected, but they were. And that's all well and good because those those are about $800 per crack uh, last time I, I checked. Um, that being said, there were four of them done. And what we want to note in the report is to ask the homeowners if there is any transferable warranties with that or any uh, record of the work that was done and by whom. Um, okay, that being said, so that's two out of the big four. The big four really big expensive items the roof the structure which is to say foundation repairs and then the air conditioner and the furnace all right furnaces typically last especially gas fired furnaces natural gas 20 to 25 years and i've said this before and then the air conditioners are 15 to 20. ah so this house was 15 years old so you really really want to keep an eye on the air conditioner and furnace especially the air conditioner. So when we ran the air conditioner, and it, granted it was only like 61, 62 degrees outside, so it wasn't a big test. However, it only put out 56 degree air, which really for this time of the year, that really is not cold enough air that you would expect a furnace to be putting out. And the air going back in, which you call supply, was 69 degrees. So you're really only doing a temperature drop of about 13 degrees. Therefore, before closing, further valuation by who? By qualified. Now, if you're in a state that requires a HVAC or furnace or air conditioner contractor license, then your inspector in that state would put licensed technician, HVAC technician. Well, for this part of the country, uh, for Ohio, we don't have that license. So we put qualified HVAC contractor before closing with what repairs and or replacements as needed 
Notice I said before closing. So you don't do that after you move in. Well, but, but the market is so constrained, I might lose the house if I ask for any repairs. That may be the case, but we have to put the word and we do in the report because our job is to look out for the homeowner, the buyer, which is to say a fiduciary duty. So we're not going to change that wording even if the market changes. The report is for any kind of market. So when the buyer gets further valuation by that qualified HVAC contractor, a couple things may happen. One, the air conditioner may just need to be recharged with coolant. Number two, the air conditioner may need a new compressor because if, it, if they add the coolant and it still doesn't cool properly, then it may not be working anymore. And when that happens, you replace the compressor, which means you replace the air conditioner. So hopefully it's not the case. I also am a big advocate of paying an HVAC contractor uh, a certain amount of money per year, like about 200 bucks. And I do this myself. And my furnace contractor comes over and services the air conditioner once a year and they service the furnace. Why do I do this? Because I call it kind of like paying the HVAC mafia protection money to keep my units going as long as possible. That's good practice. It's preventative maintenance, PMs, and it is, it's just really good to give you peace of mind that you're, you're going to get probably maximal life out of those units because you are putting some money and preventative maintenance in them throughout the lifetime of those appliances. All right. Next item on the agenda, since we've covered the big four, um, the rooms themselves, looking for any settlement, looking to make sure the windows operate correctly. Some people don't open a whole lot of windows, and you can tell that when you test the windows during an inspection. These people probably didn't open their windows a whole lot, and therefore an appropriate lubricant for vinyl windows, that's something people can look up, what is the best lubricant. Um, It's definitely not lithium grease because that turns black and will make the windows really look bad. So maybe a light silicone spray, something like that on the tracks to help them operate better. Okay, want to make sure that we have smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors, Um, at least a carbon monoxide detector on each floor. For smoke detectors, having one for each bedroom or room and floor is definitely appropriate. Now, washers and dryers are not tested with home inspections. Um, And noting that there was a very nice floor at this house, we noted that the washer and dryer were on the first floor. There was no overflow pan with a drain going to the basement for the washing machine. We definitely highly suggest you install that uh, by a licensed plumber to help you in case you have a situation where the washer goofs up and you don't want that water ruining your floor. You'd rather have it go in the overflow pan and then drain down into the basement to the drain. That is a great solution for that and money well spent. A couple of strange items that I was surprised to see didn't work right at this house because it's a nice house and it was even staged um, for the sale. And that was that the garbage disposal did not operate correctly and we could not get the dishwasher to, to latch and therefore it was not making an electrical connection so it would not operate. So those things were noted as well. Strangely enough, in a 15-year-old house, we also had one of the 
KitchenAid trash compactors. The lights came on on it. However, I couldn't get it to run a cycle. Not sure, and all the breakers were on correctly in the basement, so I really don't know what was causing those two items, the dishwasher and the garbage disposal, to not work. Um, The master bathroom shower hose was not installed correctly and was really just hanging there. I think these were changed out when they sold the house, but the person who installed them just didn't do a great job on that. And there was also one issue with the master bathroom jacuzzi drain that was not opening and closing correctly. And the master shower, that hose didn't have a way to um, hang the handle anywhere. There was no stand for it or anything. So that was kind of strange. And the master bathroom toilet was off. Why is the toilet off and the one in the basement was off? When we did turn the water on in the basement one, it started to leak immediately. So we know why that was off. Because we know that one was was leaking, we did not turn the one on the first floor on in the master bathroom because if it started leaking, we would be in that situation with water on the first floor. So don't expect your inspector to turn water on at different things um, because they could be existing problems which may cause more damage to the house. And you certainly don't want that. That being said, That really covers this shotgun style, New Orleans style, modern house, 15 years old. And the furnace, um, to close this out, the furnace did operate fine and it was really clean. I mean, it almost looked new, even though it was 15 years old. Now, one goofy thing with the furnace was that the furnace filter bay was not installed right and didn't have enough metal sheet metal framing where the filter slides in and the return air was was sucking the thing so much that it caused it to be pulled into the furnace almost and that's a problem so we put that the furnace contractor should make the bay a little bit more robust to hold that in when you slide it in and it won't cause any issues anymore so we put that in the report of course Thank you, uh, everybody, for listening. I hope you've gotten a lot out of this. And feel free to apply it to a typical 15-year old house. What types of things would you be looking for? All right. This has been the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host, Richard McKenzie, out of the greater Cincinnati area with First Inspection Services. Thank you for listening.